Hey friends, I'm Laura Malone and I'm obsessed with all things coaching, self-coaching, life coaching, specific niche coaching, all of it. For 20 years, I've been a traveling, homeschooling, full-time ministering, multi-passionate mom who finally decided to take the dream of starting my own business off of that top shelf. I realized that what I'd been doing all my life was called coaching. Then I found out it could be both ministry to those around me and a business blessing. Now I'm sharing everything I've learned over the years as coach, entrepreneur, and imperfect human who's still in process. I'm inviting you to my table laid out with a feast of spirit-led strategies, tangible tools, growth God's way, and clarity about your callings in life. So get ready to become the hero in your own story and an amazing guide to others. And now, enjoy the show. Hey friends, I'm glad to have you back with me at the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm Laura Malone. Today, we're going to talk about pricing and offering for the beginning of your coaching practice. Some will tell you to evaluate how much money you need to make in order to price your services. Down the road, there is room for that. But in the beginning, you need to just start out doing the experimenting and development of your coaching and your marketing. You have to start somewhere on the lower end as a new coach without experience or with little experience, and then you expect to end up further down the road with higher prices. But as you pursue more business and marketing training, you're going to learn a lot. Um, However, in this episode, I just want to give you an overview of pricing and offer development. The two overarching factors to be considered are who the coach is, that's you, and who the client is. So first you have to know who you are, what you want to build and what you have to offer. And then you develop alongside that, the ideal client information and you build something um, as a, an offer around that. Who the coach is, is determined by personality, comfort level, experience, things like that. And, you know, some people are just really confident with more go after it personalities and want to start off with a higher number because they have a lot of experience in, you know, working with people already or in the area of coaching that they're interested in. And then other people are more timid about the situation and maybe they're going to feel more confident with a lower price starting out. It's important to start where you feel confident and comfortable and stretch yourself later, even if it's only two clients later, or if it takes you two years later, it's The important part about being confident and comfortable is that's going to come through as you market yourself, as you tell people who you are and what you do. If you come up with a pricing schedule that is out of your comfort level and you keep trying, keep trying, keep trying to tell people, hey, I'm $197 an hour, but you know that you don't actually have enough experience or confidence to charge somebody that it will come across and you will not get clients at that price point. You've got to do what you believe in yourself about. You have to do what you're confident in and meet yourself at the comfort level that you're in. That does not mean you don't stretch yourself and you don't challenge yourself, but you do have to pay attention to both. Because if you do one and you try to stretch yourself and it's too far out of your comfort level, it's going to come across in how you make your offer and how you're marketing to people. So for a coach just starting out, 
I would say the lowest number that you charge should not be below $60 an hour, a dollar a minute. I'm talking if you are a brand new coach, let's say you go through the greenhouse um, life coaching training and certification program, okay? You go through that. You get a good solid foundation. You've done peer coaching hours. You've practiced with clients and you're ready to begin and you start putting out there that you're a life coach and you charge $60 an hour. And you're gonna, let's say you're gonna start doing that and you're gonna do it for the first 10 clients, okay? After that, you're gonna set up a a scale. You're gonna slide up to $80 an hour. And then you're gonna, you're gonna just keep adding and building up to the place where you feel that your experience and what you offer and what God has led you to charge and the what your client can afford and will choose, that is where you're going to go. But it's not always where you start out, okay? That's not a comfort level for a lot of people is to start out really high when they're just beginning. And that's okay. Let that be okay for you. Now, another person is going to say, I want to start out, you know, I've been in ministry for a long time, or I've been in the corporate world. I have a lot of experience doing these kinds of things. And now that I've taken the greenhouse or any other kind of coach training, remember, I always, I, not everybody's right for the greenhouse. That's okay. But I always say, go get trained somewhere. No matter what kind of experience you have, if you have not had training and experience as a coach, you're lacking that foundation. So no matter what else you have experience in, get trained somewhere. And someone who feels really confident about their skill and experience on top of a coaching foundation might say, I'm really, I'm ready to start out at a higher number and charging 120 or $125 an hour. So if you have the confidence and the comfort level, as well as the training and foundation for this higher price, even though you haven't had a lot of coaching experience yet, I say go for it. You can always adjust it. If people are not accepting the offer that you put out there, if people aren't going with it and, and, and saying, yes, me, sign me up, you can always back that down a little bit. Don't be afraid of making changes. You're in the foundational stages. And just so you know, there is an absolute storm outside. So there's a waterfall outside my window. And if you can hear that in the background, I apologize. But I'm going to keep going because I want to get this out to you today. So here's what's going to happen. When you start coaching, you have to find people. You don't just get to coach. You have to go find them. (laughs) You have to let them know how to find you. And not just any people, but the ones that you'll attract based on what you offer, who you are, and how you communicate both of those things. God has prepared the hearts of the right people to work with you. They're out there waiting. You just don't know who they are yet. It's like me talking to nobody in the room while I do this podcast episode. I have to trust and believe that there are listeners out there. I know that you're there now because... There's reviews and ratings and feedback and people traffic to my website and people signing up for the greenhouse course that proves to me that somebody is listening. 
But when you first start out as a coach, you don't know if anybody wants what you have. You don't know if anybody's listening when you put things out there on social media and you get crickets. You just have to keep operating as though those people that God has set aside for you, they're out there. You just haven't found them yet and they haven't found you. So you have to keep going. In the same way that I started a podcast, not knowing who would listen or if anybody would listen. And I had to operate in faith that God had the right people to hear what I had to give. And the hearts of those people are being prepared. And some of them aren't even there yet. Some of them won't find me for years. And by then there'll be hundreds of episodes. So it's the faithfulness to what God has called you to and, you know, what is faith, but doing something, believing in it, even though you cannot see it. So keep doing the things to become a great coach, even though you don't see the clients yet. It's really important. Um, It's a great mindset practice that you need to start now because it's going to affect your entire coaching practice and business. But one of the greatest misconceptions is that you'll become a coach and you'll only be coaching, which you probably already think you'll or know that you'll be good at but you miss the part about needing to build a business. You need to know that if you wanna be a coach, especially at the beginning, you're going to need to learn small business building skills. You actually become an entrepreneur when you become a coach. That is, unless you already know that your coaching will exist inside another, like a business or a corporation or a ministry, but you know, then you just have the glory of starting out with someone else footing the bill, so to speak. Um, You have to think about how flexible you'll be in your pricing, because this is something that's going to change over time as you cultivate your business. If you ask a lot of business and mindset coaches, you're gonna get an answer of make a decision about your price and remain absolutely steadfast in it. And I agree, somewhat. In the beginning, you really don't know the answers until you've tried a lot of things. There's just a ton of testing and trying, multiple offers, multiple timing, multiple price points. And I can give you a starting point, but then you have to determine for yourself what is right for you. So my starting point is I would say a brand new coach with a coaching foundation and training shouldn't start out at less than $60 an hour. And I would say the max for the beginner I'm I'm talking like a beginner would be $120 to $125 an hour. But that I would say only if you're really confident, like comfortable and confident in what you are offering, you're very clear that requires a lot of clarity and some kind of experience that's going to make you the kind of coach somebody is going to be willing to pay that price for. A lot of people start somewhere in between, 75 to 95. But I also suggest that you change your pricing and your offer when you feel led by the Lord. When he moves you to do something, do it. If you say that you want a God-led business, that's what it looks like. It means submitting everything back to him and take it all of the information that you have from your researching, calculating business costs, what you want to make, what you envision for your life, but you submit it all back to him in prayer. And when he responds, that is your answer. Don't go outside of the answer of the Lord because you will be held accountable for that. 
So make sure you follow him. If he says there is a price point or an offer that is right for you and it doesn't make sense to you yet, have faith, stay steadfast in what the Lord has called you to do. I've also seen some coaches do not for one-on-one sessions, but for certain courses and resources, what's called a PWYW, pay what you want scale. That's, I wouldn't say that's right for a package or an hourly session, and I've never tried it, so I don't have personal experience, but I know that you could, you know, ask Rabbi Google and see what's out there. Um, it's one of those things that people do when you offer maybe something on your website based on um, like a resource that you want to offer to them. And I just, I don't feel the focus on it here and now, but I did want to throw it out there that it is something that people can, I think you could use that to add on to your coaching, you know, maybe sell something like a workbook, ebook, um, mini course, you know, you could let people pay what they want. Some people will find that, you know, I'll pay five bucks for that. And other people will say like, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like this. I'll pay $25 for it. You can tell them what the value is. But that's, again, that's something down the road. So it's also really important to start focusing on the value that you as the coach offers, because this is going to require a mindset shift for you most of the time. Um, You're going to feel that in some areas, what you offer is less valuable, and then perhaps you might overvalue some areas that you, you're just not really aware that what you're offering doesn't have the value you've associated with it to other people. So again, testing and trying. Remember that everything you offer has value, and some will see it as valuable while others won't. You're, you're not offering what you have to everybody so that you can please everybody, Okay. Now is a good time to get over that. That is not the world. You should know that by now and, you know, in every job and at home and everywhere you go. You're not going to please everybody. So please don't think that your coaching, your pricing, your offer, your timing, your personality is going to please all of the people. You're going to have naysayers, expect resistance, and move forward. Also, The price isn't the main thing for everybody, even if it is for you. And you can um, just realize that you're ahead of some people and you're behind others. You're offering what you carry to those who want it. All other people that are outside of that bucket, they're not, all the other people, they're not in your ideal client bucket. The ones who want what you have to give, those are your ideal clients. They, the other people, they need someone or something else which makes them a less than ideal client for you, or even just an absolutely wrong client. You can always come back to the place of shifting what you offer and charge and the timing, but do not shift who you are because you showing up as you, authentic you, is the only sustainable way forward. And if you start out being who you are, then you start to learn who wants the flavor of ice cream that you make available. I say ice cream because I love ice cream. I will probably have some later today, okay? When we got married, we had an ice cream sundae bar instead of a cake. So ice cream is often what I build my parables and metaphors around, okay? So think of it like this. If there are 1,000 people in a ball field and all of them are hungry and you and 19 other people are offering different kinds of food as you walk around the stadium, 
maybe let's say 50 people are going to want the kind of food you offer. And let's just say that food is mint chocolate chip ice cream. Well, consider that 300 out of 1,000 want ice cream after they eat their hot dog or hamburger or chicken nuggets, and they choose ice cream instead of cotton candy or a slushie. Well, some of them will even want ice cream before they eat their protein. (laughs) That would be me. But out of 300 wanting ice cream, only 50 of them want mint chocolate chip. You simply cannot find one ball field where every single one of the 1,000 people want mint chocolate chip ice cream instead of all the other offerings. So if you walk around downcast because your expectations are that 1,000 people should want what you have and what you offer, people are going to sense that and actually will deter them from buying from you at all because you're creating a vacuum and you can't operate that way. You can't let, you can't let on that you're devastated by being rejected by people who want chocolate or vanilla or cookie dough. You have to let them have their preference and be who they are and need what they need, okay? So then you begin to pay attention to the people who want the mint chocolate chip ice cream. You start developing like one-liners and jokes about it. You start recognizing Mr. You know, the bald guy over there who always gets a ticket in the same area and you learn his name. You create like a little sales language You learn also how to invite the vanilla lovers to step outside of the normal and try something new. And you learn how to create invitations to mint chocolate chip. You give out samples so people see what they're missing. Then you see that your numbers go up to 60 and then 75. And because you're paying attention to them, rather than focusing on you and what you offer, you're seeing who they are and why they want mint chocolate chip. Maybe you lower your price 50 cents cheaper than the vanilla and the chocolate and the cookie dough guy. Maybe you start offering to add like a wedge of a waffle cone with yours. See, it's about giving others the focus and taking the focus off of yourself. It actually helps you develop greater offering and more value. So the next factor is who the client is. So we use the word avatar a lot. And I want to be clear about what that is in case you're not familiar, but an avatar in business and marketing is basically the description of your ideal client, customer, listener, whoever it is that you work with. You research and develop this person over time. Essentially, R&D, research and development, it never ends. Even 10 years, 30 years later in business, you still keep learning more about your ideal client. Who you start out thinking that you want to coach might change. Therefore, so does the avatar. And knowing your avatar helps you know what to market, advertise, and offer. You know how to speak to them and what language to use to help them find you. But often in the beginning, you don't know who, you don't know what you don't know. And you usually don't know who your ideal client is. Even if you think you do, do a little more work and you find out you don't. But that is all another episode. So after you've got some coaching hours and experience in, You might even consider becoming a coach for a business of some kind. Um, Companies generally pay more. So like an executive or leadership coaching um, atmosphere, that's going to have a different audience and a bigger check. So (laughs) what you charge a large company who's paying the bill might be closer to 500 an hour, while what you charge a CEO who's running 
A small but successful business might be closer to 200 or 250 an hour. Keep in mind that some companies might have requirements you have to fulfill in regards to like accreditations and hours of coaching. Um, but if you have maybe an an in in a small business with somebody like your sister-in-law, <laughs> um, maybe you know somebody, you have a friend who has a restaurant and you do coaching for like leadership coaching and uh, industry coaching, something like that. Well, then you'd be able to teach them, show them that coaching would benefit them. And that would give you an end sooner than later and help you build kind of your repertoire up and experience in the smaller zones before you try to go approach larger companies. If you're a business coach or a career coach, you might end up working with people who want to become entrepreneurs or who already are one. And that opens up a whole new level of growth you can offer coaching in because Heck, entrepreneurship is not easy, but it's rewarding. And having a coach will go a long way in making it more joyful and sustainable. Your clients also differ based on regions and paychecks. People who live in areas with a higher cost of living, like major cities, are going to pay more for coaching than those who live in more like a smaller city or a rural area. I can't say that rural area, say it three times fast. If your avatar lives in LA or DC, they're going to be willing to pay more than somebody who lives in Greenville, um, South Carolina, which is a great town, by the way. And just because somebody has more money than somebody else doesn't mean they're going to pay for coaching. Basically, nobody wants to pay for something they don't have a value for. You have to get good at knowing the value you offer, believing in it, actually offering it and helping them agree with you about it. But the more discretionary funds somebody has available to themselves, it basically just moves the money outside of the hindrance factor that they're going to encounter as they're determining whether or not they want coaching. Also, you have to consider the stage of life that your ideal client is in. So if your avatar is a student or a new parent, or even a parent of like uh, teenagers, which is a very expensive stage of life. These are all stages of life when there's less money for that client to spend. So you have to account for that and base, you know, think about what does your ideal client have to pay? And do you want them to, to go into debt to get your services? If you want to coach college students, but you want to charge $400 an hour, then you need your target audience research to include their parents' income and the region they live in, as well as the region they attend school in. Because a student, an average college student, doesn't have the money to pay $400 an hour. Now think of retirees in that stage of life. Their retirees are split between those who had money set aside and had more money before retirement and those who live on social security, which barely pays the bills these days. So if you wanna help them say, live their best lives in the you know second half of life, okay? Or start something new, you have to know what they're doing with their money right now before they find you. Are they saving and scrimping or are they playing golf and buying their dream car? If they can't pay for food and meds to keep them healthy, then they can't afford you, if you're trying to stock up your own bank account and you offer 
um, you know, like a course that's more than $47. That, that might be their budget. And that even that is probably going to be a stretch for them. So your, your target audience and your client also might be different people, meaning that if your target audience is an entrepreneur, one client might be a stay-at-home mom wanting to start a business, and another might be somebody who has the funding and time to start up a small tech biz. So you need to niche down before you can scale up and get really clear about your ideal client. And maybe that target audience of entrepreneur is really not niche enough and you need to decide how old is this entrepreneur and have they ever started something before? What's their personality like? How much money do they make? What else are they doing with their time? What kind of things do they like? This, you have to decide, do you wanna work with a stay-at-home mom who wants to start an online business from home and then grow into and branch out into helping anybody start an online business? and amp up their marketing and social media, and then grow into offering, you know, like an on-demand low-touch course for anybody who wants to work from home to discover what their best business opportunity is, how to lay a foundation for it, and then start their business before they ever work one-on-one with you. And maybe that one-on-one work is you really dig into their specific marketing and social media strategy. Okay, so you start one place and then you you build out on that. You niche down first to do some work, get your skin in the game, get coaching hours and experience. And this gives you the insight and the information you need to determine if you want to stay working with stay-at-home moms and what you want to help them do or if you want to grow and expand from there. Okay, this leads us into packages, memberships, and courses. I do recommend starting with a three-month package offering your client a transformational journey. This gives you the opportunity to clearly lay out a plan of what you offer. Right now, before you ever become a coach or start coaching in a package, I challenge you to lay out 12 weeks of transformation in the area that you want to work in. So let's take a life coach, like a a life purpose coach, for example. This would look like if I was working with you as my client and in becoming a great life purpose coach, I would challenge you to lay out 12 weeks of coaching with a structure of bi-weekly Zoom calls and email homework in between. You would do the research, if you haven't already, about life purpose creation. You'd write out the results that you want someone to have after three months of working with you. Then on post-it notes, you would lay out what the six weeks of phone calls or Zoom calls would be and lay out the six weeks of homework in between those calls. Then you lay out what each call entails and the results that they have at the end of the call as well as the extra work that they'd have to do. So that could be like worksheets, um, personal research they're supposed to do, prayers to pray that you, you you actually write out for them, encouraging words and quotes to focus on, calls they need to make, questions that they need to ask. Maybe they have to reach out at other people and ask other people to, for input in their life. Okay, I, now that is the w- basic way of starting to lay out what you could see 12 weeks of coaching look like, even before you ever have a client, even before you've ever taken any type of training to become a coach. Just try it, lay it out, see what comes to mind. You probably will find that you're full of ideas. 
You just need a reason to lay that out, add it to your homework to do from this podcast. Now I say to start with a package, but even that comes after doing some one-to-one work with clients because you need the practice and the research and the development of what you offer so that you can create a package of something that they actually want. This is one of the things inside the Greenhouse Life Coach Training and Certification course. You're going to find other people to coach one-on-one, even if you have to offer it for free, because you get you get paid in other ways outside of money when you get practice. Um, inside the course, you get you get that kind of practice in addition to peer coaching hours. This helps develop the skills as well as helping you define your preferences and interests in coaching. Now, if you're interested in that, make sure you check out The Greenhouse at sterlingandstonementoring.com forward slash The Greenhouse and um, sign up for the 10-week course starting in July 2022. And if you missed the last episode, you're going to want to know that the price for the course is only $4.97 now, which is mind-blowing and probably not what my business coach would agree to. But my primary life and business coach is Jesus, and that's the number he said to charge. So I know it's the right price for you and the right price for me. And you're the one that matters in this. The coaching is about you and your future as a coach. So Jesus, um, back to what we're talking about. One-to-one coaching is necessary and beneficial, but you don't want to stay there long-term, most likely. Some people stay there, but when you want to see your clients get great results, it means that you offer them the ability to make a commitment to themselves and their transformation has to become of utmost importance. You setting the guidelines for that happening over a course of time inside of a package will be part of keeping them accountable to do the work and creating a roadmap for them. Because if they are left to themselves, many clients will start and stop, start and stop, or start and never come back. When you give them the opportunity to make the commitment only one time, it reduces their decision fatigue and it actually creates more fruitful opportunities for their growth. So you need to see offering them a package as a service to them. In addition to the package, you can always add one-to-one sessions to your current clients so they can add to the journey on like an as-needed basis. Three-month and six-month packages are pretty common. This leads us to memberships in which you can offer your clients monthly access to you in one form or another. This is not the way you'd want to start out or develop your coaching practice and foundation, but it is something you could do down the road once you're confident and very familiar with your client and your offer. In the beginning, memberships are often priced between $50 and $200 a month, depending on how much is being offered and what kind of results you want to get want to get them and the numbers that you've calculated business-wise. So often the, the higher-priced memberships need a lot more high touch access. The difference between low touch and high touch, low touch is when there's training, coaching, courses, memberships, mastermind, anything that is more email or video driven. High touch is when you as the coach are actually talking to the client or the group one-on-one and live. 
So that's more high touch where they are able to ask you questions and you're giving them very specific feedback. Now, in addition to the packages and memberships, a lot of coaches do courses, which could be online and on demand to one person or a group coaching program like the greenhouse course is a cohort. So that means it's a group coaching course that people are working together and in the training together, but it's a live training. Or it could be a combination of an online course and live coaching. Courses can be sold and run anywhere for like a short low touch course could be $37, you know, $47, all the way to 500 or a thousand, and then way up into the thousands of dollars for a course, depending on high touch access um, and length of time, et cetera, and all of the value you're given. And of course, it, there's an ideal client out there for high ticket offers that is different than the ideal client for a low ticket offer. So all of that is down the road. After you've laid your foundation and then you start building the first floor. So these higher numbers are meant for offers on the second floor of your business building. Okay, think of it that way. Consider that the foundation is where you make all the decisions and get the training and do the research. Then you start putting up walls and creating rooms and decorating them on the first floor, okay? That's coaching one-on-one and developing practice and developing your offers, and you learn so much on the first floor. But when you know what the first floor looks like and it is competent and strong enough for a second floor to be built on top of it, that is when it's appropriate to start adding offers and developing other ways of offering your services. So here's... A, an, an equation for you. Ultimately, the coaching, the value and the offer, okay, plus the client, plus the coach equals the ideal result. Let me break that down a little bit. Your offering slash pricing slash timing plus the client, which is the person who wants your offering pricing and timing, plus the coach, which is you. And that includes who you want to work with and how you are willing to show up for them. All of this equals the ideal client and the ideal result. This is how you determine what you're going to give, what who you're going to work with, and what they're going to get. So, Business coaches often leave out the who you want to work with piece, but I disagree because who you want to work with and what is in you that's going to come out, be poured out of you, this is part of what makes your heart come alive and makes you want to do this work. It it creates a more sustainable practice because you believe in it and you want it. You want to work with those people. You want to give this this experience and this coaching and anything that is more joyful and more sustainable will be more successful. Now, a lot of coaches start out trading time for money, but I want to encourage you to reconsider that. This is a mindset you have to change and then relay to your clients because you're not giving an hour of your time for their money you are providing an opportunity for transformation in one or more areas of their life in exchange for their investment into themselves. 
When you see your business as being about you, you think it's about your time deserving their money. It's a trade. But when you make it about them, they become your focus. And because they're your focus, you aren't the focus. And you want to be on the same page with them. You see that what you offer is the value, and that is transformation, hope, success, and more. They're not out buying a crappy dinner. They're making an investment. You just happen to be on this side of their investment. Like when somebody buys a home to make an investment so they can Airbnb it so that they can have money down the road to pay for college and weddings, okay? Somebody on one side of it benefits from the money traded because for the investment. You wouldn't think twice about paying money to somebody um, to make an investment into something that is yours and will make a huge difference to your life and family and future. So what you have to believe is that the transformation you offer them, these clients is going to make a difference in their life. If you don't believe that, much more if you don't know what you offer so you don't believe in your ability to bring transformation, then it will be relayed to them in your messaging and behavior and they won't be drawn and attracted to it. Likewise, when you can see that they are making an investment, you can help them see that they're making an investment. And that belief system creates an alignment that, that draws them in, okay? Now granted, if you, if you offer the opportunity to make an investment and they take you up on it, pay money for it, but do nothing with what they've gotten, that's on them. You did your part. Just like if you sold them a beach condo, but they never did the work to Airbnb it, that's not your problem. That's not yours to deal with. It's theirs. It's their responsibility. So I'm going to do a future episode about money mindsets and the difference between poverty, middle class, and wealth mindsets. There is a huge shift between scarcity and abundance in our beliefs and motivations and how, like, what kind of results you get from that. And that doesn't just go for your clients. It goes for you as well. Your paradigm around money and provision affects your action taking and behavior. Therefore, the clients you attract will coincide with this. It's something you have to start working on now and a work that you have to do in your own life so that down the road you're able to offer things from a healthy and aligned belief system, trusting in the Lord. So I hope that this helps you see some of the different aspects of pricing your offer, the multiple ways you can offer your coaching, and the way that you start to determine the ideal client that lines up with that pricing and offer. There's a lot of room to scale up, but you have to build your foundation strong enough to support a taller building. Do you want to build something that's unshakable? Then you don't want to use straw or hay. You want stones, cornerstones, and pillars, because what you build in a God-led coaching business and practice you want it to be unshakable because the Lord shakes whatever can be shaken, but he is with you and wants to give you the equipping, the training, the wisdom, and the provision that you need to build an unshakable coaching foundation if, if he's called you to it. He's faithful to equip you. He's faithful to finish this good work. So bless you today, friend, and it's another long episode, but I feel like it was a, a lot of information I wanted to give you and bless you with so you could see some of the options in front of you, some things that you need to start thinking about right now, but also a way to scale out and up so you can see what's potential 
for the future of your coaching journey. Until next time. Are you ready to become a hero in your own story by investing in yourself through life coaching? Are you looking to become an amazing guide to others by becoming a coach or up-leveling your current practice? Then check out sterlingandstonementoring.com to see how we can work together. And don't forget, it's really easy to say thanks if any of this free content has been a blessing to you just by leaving a quick written review over on Apple Podcasts. And thank you in advance.